This message is a ministry of Plainville Baptist Church. www.plainvillebaptistchurch.org Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come out here today and join you in worship with our brothers and sisters. Father, we are a people of unclean hearts and unclean minds, and we need your word to wash us clean. Father, open our hearts and our minds as we gather today to what your word has to say and guide us, direct us through the rest of this week. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, children of ages 3 to 11 may be dismissed at junior church. It's going to be inside. Uh, so follow your teachers, Chris and Nancy, right on over. Yes. All right, turn to Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 27. Uh, a couple of things here. First of all, um, Saturday, 9 to 12, ladies' self-defense. Still, if you want some self-defense training for yourself uh, to protect you on those times that you might need it, um, Troy will be doing that. He's the guinea pig, so you don't have to worry about getting hurt. him and uh, just excited I'm, I'm as excited as he is coming back he wasn't excited going he was he was very fearful going but uh, he was excited uh, on his way back so mark chapter 8 starting in verse 27 uh, Mike is this okay here is this all right Fine. Um, mark writes this Jesus went out along with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi and on the way he questioned his disciples, saying to them, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, saying, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, but others one of the prophets. And he continued by questioning them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. And he warned them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he was stating the matter plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. I want to speak this morning about finding grace in the midst of failure. Finding grace in the midst of failure. Let me ask you some questions here. When you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're here this morning and you've called on the Lord Jesus to save you, God put you into a new relationship with Him. Right? You have a new standing before God, you're righteous. You have a new destiny, heaven. You have a new heart. The in, through the indwelling Holy Spirit, you're, you're part of a new family. 
the family of God as one of his children. And yet this, does it mean that everything is perfect? Absolutely not. As we receive Christ, we can see that it's not perfect and we fail many times. As a matter of fact, we see this being worked out in Peter's life as, as Mark recounts it. And though John Mark wrote this gospel, we have to understand it's through Peter's account that he wrote this, through his own eyewitness account that Mark wrote this gospel, in a sense, for Peter. Um, and so we see things in the gospel of Mark that the other gospel writers don't mention. They, they don't describe um, some of the flaws and some of the foibles, uh, the, the faux pas that, that, that Peter carried out. I mean, you, you see that, for example, in the transfiguration when John and Peter and James go up to this mountain. Jesus is transfigured before them. Jesus is speaking to Elijah and Moses. And, and Peter says, Lord, let's make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And Mark's gospel tells us something the other gospels don't. Why did Peter say that? What was going on in his mind? Mark, Mark recounts, he just didn't know what else to say. Thought it was good at the time. And so we see these things. This is written through Mark's, I mean, through Peter's eyes. And so we see some of these failures that he, he accounts, he recounts that, that aren't listed in some of the other Gospels. And what I want to focus on this morning is what happens when you mess up big time? What happens when you mess up? What do you do? Let me ask you this. Have you messed up before? Have you messed up before? Have you gone your own way instead of going in God's way? Or maybe you, like Peter, even denied Jesus yourself. Let me ask you this. Have you come to a place where you have believed that eternal life comes through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, apart from works, by having called on his name? Have you come there? Have you come to that place? Do you believe that nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? But do you ever get confused when you mess up big time and ask yourself, am I really saved? Have I really been saved? I want us to notice something about Peter here, because I think it will help you for those times when you really mess up big time and you begin to doubt, do I really belong to God? Does God even want me? Has God really saved me? The first thing we notice here about Peter is that he made a clear confession of Jesus Christ. He made a clear confession of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And then he turned the tables to them and said, who do you say that I am? That's fine. That's nice to know what everybody else, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You see, that's a, that's a theologically loaded term, the Messiah. The Jews were waiting for Messiah. And they understood 
from the scriptures who this would be in, in Isaiah chapter 11. We see that he was, it was described that he would be the ruler for the Jewish people. He would come and rule over the nations. He would not judge by what his eye sees. He would judge by the Spirit. He would have the Spirit of the Lord. And the knowledge of what's right. All the nations will come to him. They'll hope in him. And he will stand as a signal, a banner for the peoples. And in Isaiah 53, we, we know very clearly that he was to be the suffering servant on our behalf. He would be the one who, was, who carried our sorrows, who bore our griefs. He was pierced through, Isaiah says, for our transgressions. He was crushed for our own sin. God was pleased to crush him. He was pleased to make him an offering for our sin. And so when Peter described and declared to the Lord, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, he was acknowledging that he was the one who had come for them. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 6, when everybody else had left, when Jesus said some very hard things, when, he had when, when everybody else had left, he turned to the disciples and said, are you going to leave also? And Peter said, he was the one that stood up and said, where else can we go? Who else can we go to? You're the one who has the words of eternal life. He was so very clear in this. And when Peter confessed Jesus Christ as Messiah, he, recognized, he was recognized by God as having entered into this relationship with him, having come to God. You know, in the account of Matthew, where Peter de declares this, Jesus said, my Father from heaven revealed this to you. This is who gave you the understanding of this, that I am Messiah. Blessed are you, Peter. He called him blessed. And even though Peter didn't understand all of what this was, was meaning, Peter said, I mean, Jesus said to Peter, I'm going to make you instrumental in starting this church that's going to be coming. Peter received Jesus as Messiah, and yet he failed in a lot of ways. We're going to look at a couple of these. And yet it didn't mean that he didn't know who Jesus was. It didn't mean that he hadn't received him as Messiah or had been received by Jesus Christ. Yet he failed. Why? And in the same way, you and I have this promise. The promise isn't if we toe the line, if we keep everything right, the promise is, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's the promise to us. Not if, and you become obedient, and if you do this, and if. But if you confess Him with your mouth and call upon Him, believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. And so we're, we're like Peter in this way. We're not perfect. We fail often. And look at, look at how Peter strayed from the purpose of God. The first thing that we see, the first failure we note, is that he, he strayed from the purpose of God. It didn't take him but one sentence to fail in his walk with the Lord. The very next verses, 
Jesus begins to, it says, plainly declare, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to rise again. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to, be I'm going to rise again. And Peter takes him aside and says, this isn't going to be you, Lord, not you. Immediately, he strays from the purposes of God for him. Right after this great confession. Because his desire, his vision of the kingdom came in direct collision with God's desire to see his son suffer for the sins of the world and become the payment for our sin. You see, Peter's vision, Peter's vision was that I'm going to reign and rule with Christ. Peter would have none of it, though, that Jesus, you're going to die. No, 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 this isn't you, Lord. This isn't, you're not, not going to do this. And so what happens? Jesus, it says Jesus takes him aside and rebukes him, saying, no, Peter, you don't understand. You're not setting your mind on God's interests, but on man's interests. You see, Peter, you don't have it right. You think this is all going to be for your glory. And you're going to rule on a throne. Well, not yet, Peter. Even Peter took this idea right to the very end. When Jesus was getting arrested, he drew a sword. He tried to stop Jesus from getting arrested, cut off some guy's ear. Didn't happen. Because God's purpose was that Jesus would be betrayed. He would be crucified. He would rise again. And so what is it that Jesus tells Peter, verse 33? Get behind me, Satan. You're not setting your mind on God's interest, but on man's interest. Here's a serious rebuke for him. He calls him Satan. Now, I don't believe that it was that, Jesus, that Satan entered Peter, like it says of Judas when he betrayed Jesus, where it says the devil entered Judas. No, no, I think either... The devil was directing him or, or leading him astray, but more likely, Jesus was just calling Peter a Satan. See, Satan means adversary. And he was saying, listen, you're an adversary to me. I'm trying to go to the cross, and you're trying to keep me from it. And, and we, we see this because of the very next verse. The context of this next verse is Peter's words saying, you're not going to the cross. And Jesus says, listen, you're a Satan. You're an adversary. Get behind me, Satan. I, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Peter. I'm not following you. You're supposed to follow me. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Peter, your desire is to oppose God's desire. You have your mind set on the flesh. That's the polar opposite of what God wants. Doesn't mean Peter wasn't saved. Peter just acknowledged Jesus as Messiah. It's not that at all. He didn't say, Peter, go away. Get out of here. Go do what you need to do, like he did to Judas. He said, get behind me, Peter. Get in your place. 
I'm leading, not you. And so when he says in, in verse 8, pick up your cross, he is directing it, I believe, first and foremost to Peter. I'm going to the cross, Peter. You get behind me and you follow me. It's not to the throne right away. It's to the cross first. That's the whole context of this Mark 8 passage. Jesus is not outlining a way to salvation. He's outlining a way to follow God's will. That's it. It, it, it's reminiscent of, of what Paul says, or I, I guess prescient uh, of what Paul is going to say in Romans chapter 12, where he says, as you have received mercy, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, which is your reasonable service, so you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Peter, you've got to get into the will of God. The will of God is following me to the cross. And like Paul says, we're offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. Not where I want to go, but where Christ wants me to go. What he wants me to do. Have you been saved, but have strayed from God's purpose? Are you laying up for yourself your own plans contrary to God's plans for you? You know, I, I think very clearly, I think where many go astray, where many Christians, those who have received Christ, become disillusioned with their Christian life, why they doubt their salvation is because they receive Christ and they go in a direction different than what God is calling them to do. Have you decided to run your own life instead of Matthew 6.33, instead of Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, it's just as bad for a person to pursue training as a pastor or a missionary when God wants them to be an engineer as it is for a person wanting to be an engineer when God's calling them to be a pastor or a missionary. You've got to follow what God wants for your life, what he wants you to do, where you are following his direction. You're going to have doubts if you're saved when you're going in the opposite direction of what God's calling you to do. Why? <clears throat> Why is that? When you go in the opposite direction of where God is calling you, you're no longer facing the cross. You're turning away from the cross. And where is their forgiveness? Only in the cross. You see, there's only forgiveness in the cross. That's what the author of Hebrews said. There is no other sacrifice for sin. And when you go off doing your own thing, you're going to begin to doubt your salvation because you're facing away from the cross. The cross is the only salvation. That's why I think the author of Hebrews, after saying that, there's no other sacrifice for sin, he says, look to Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. You're not going to have assurance of your salvation if you're facing some other way but the cross, which may be a hard road, which may be a difficult place 
but it's the way of God's blessing and it's the way of God's assurance and it's the way of God's desire for you. Instead of you sitting in your home and wasting your life, God calls you to serve Him. Oh, but I can't serve Him because of this or that. I remember a story. I was reading a book. Uh, I think it was about 2014 or so. Uh, and, and the individual gave this story of a person in their church who had just been diagnosed with cancer. But he had a trip, a missionary trip, to help people in Africa. And his doctor said, you shouldn't go on this. He said, you need to begin treatment as soon as you can. And he said, I've got to do what God wants me to do. I've got, to, I've got to go the direction God wants me to do. I've got to serve Him. And this was just your average individual who just had set up to go, I think it was to help maybe build something or take care of something in this country. And they said, I've got to go do that. When he came back, they found no evidence of the cancer. You know, he could have sat home and wasted his life never knowing what God would have done for him in the midst of that. And I'm not saying we don't get medical treatment. But I'm saying you have to find out what God wants for you. You have to follow where God is leading you. Because otherwise, you're going to sit home and waste your life. Oh, but I can't do this because, well, I'll get sick if I go here. Well, I can't do this because it... You'll have all your excuses of why you can't follow God. And when you stand before him, he said, listen, I called you to all these things. God, why didn't you use me more? Because you weren't willing to listen to me. You turned your face away from the cross instead of toward the cross. That's what Peter was doing. But secondly, not only that, but he denied knowing Jesus. He denied knowing Jesus. Peter actually denied his Savior. He devoted his life to following this man. For three years, he, was, he said, I'm committed to give my life to you. But then he denied him. Maybe you're aware of the story of Peter's denial. It's in chapter 14, verses 66 to 72. Let me just read that. Peter was below in the courtyard. One of the servant girls of the high priest came, seeing Peter warming himself. She looked at him and said, you are with Jesus the Nazarene. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you're talking about. Huh? And he went out onto the port. The servant girl saw him and began once more to say to the bystanders, bystanders, this is one of them. Again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders were saying to Peter, surely you're one of them. You're a Galilean too. He began to curse and swear, I don't know this man you're talking about. You know, he was confronted by in three different ways. And if you're not walking by the Spirit, if you're not filled with the Spirit, you're not seeking God's best for you, you're going to end up denying the Lord Jesus. You see that here. Here's this servant girl. And, and, and I'd say we, Peter got, got confronted, had three different chances to deny the Lord the first time he was taken by surprise. He was just taken by surprise. A little servant girl. This girl walks up to him. Aren't you one of his followers? I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't 
too hard, was it? This little girl comes up to him. Are you a follower of Jesus? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. He was taken by surprise. Listen, if you hang out with the wrong crowd like Peter was, he was warming, warming himself by the fire of these people who are seeking to crucify Jesus. And what do you expect? If you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, expect to be taken by surprise. Don't be surprised if you're taken by surprise. You're hanging out, drinking with your buddies. Wait, I thought you were a follower of Jesus. Oh, well, uh, 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 uh. You'll get it taken by surprise. But then the second thing, notice what happened. He became uncomfortable. He gained the attention of the crowd. That little girl, she wouldn't put it to rest. She turned to the people that he was he had been warming his hands with and said, Hey, isn't this one of those guys from Jesus? Now he became uncomfortable. If Southwest Airlines had been flying then, he probably would have been one of the first people who was in that Southwest Airlines commercial, right? You want to get away? There he is. Now everybody's focused. It was just a little girl. He was taken by surprise. Now everybody's looking at him. Isn't this Jesus' follower? Now he was uncomfortable. Uh, 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 I got nothing to say now. Then thirdly, though, he was outnumbered. Look at what happens. All the bystanders turn against him. He gained the attention of the crowd and the pressure that comes with it. He was outnumbered. He was outnumbered. Had he been walking in the Spirit, he wouldn't be outnumbered. Because you and God make a majority wherever you are. The Scripture says the righteous is as bold as a lion. But you're hanging out with the wrong people. You get taken by surprise, uncomfortable, and then outnumbered. What do you do? You go along with them. You go along with the crowd. Instead of having been a witness for them, he turns his testimony against Jesus. Has anybody ever asked you, are you a follower of Jesus? Why? Why do you want to know that? Maybe you weren't doing something you should have been, you are doing something you shouldn't have been doing. Why are you asking that? you're not walking with the Lord, you're going to get surprised or maybe uncomfortable. Hey, look, hey, this is one of those narrow people that believes Jesus is the only way. What do you do now? And when you're outnumbered, hey, 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 you coming to the bar with us? What? Why not? What's wrong? Listen, friends, have you denied Jesus before? Have you denied him in front of others? Have you denied Jesus? Don't worry. Peter did it too. He had the shirt. Denied Jesus. I did that. Right? He had the shirt that said it. It's okay. If you fail the Savior, what's not okay is you stay there you stay there. 
Think about what Peter went through. And let me ask you this. Do you know how to overcome that? Do you know how to get past the failure? Do you know how to keep going and stand for the Lord? I'd say the first thing is spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. In Acts 4, when Peter and John were there before the elders, you can imagine these 70 guys standing before him. They had the power of life and death over him. They could have given him the death penalty by stoning. And yet, he has a completely different response than when he stood before that little girl. He was bold. He said, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it says, they noticed that they had spent time with Jesus. There's something about them. They picked up the character of Jesus as they had spent time with him. Peter says it this way in his first letter. He said, get weaned on the word. As newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the Word so you may grow in respect to your salvation. Spend time with Jesus in the Word. Lord, what do you have to say to me today? This is where you're going to find it, not anywhere else. And if you're not directing your heart to follow the Lord Jesus, you're going to find yourself being surprised by your response and denying the Lord Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Be filled with the Spirit. You know, right after that time when they were confronted by the elders, the first thing they do is they prayed, God, take note of their threats. They got together with the others and they said, God, take note of their threats and allow us to speak your word boldly. And it says the place where they were was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and with boldness and they spoke the word with boldness. And so we understand that. Be filled with the Spirit. And it's interesting to note that on the day of Pentecost, when Peter was filled with the Spirit, the very same accusation was labeled against them. Aren't these all Galileans? But at that point, Peter didn't say, uh, I've got some place to go. He said, let me tell you about Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again. Oh, he didn't change my accent, but he filled me with his Spirit. Know this. You need to be filled with the Spirit. It's a command that we continually, continually are called to, to follow. And I think it's one of the, the greatest reasons why the church has no power is that we don't seek the filling of His Spirit daily and moment by moment. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you lack boldness to tell about Jesus. You deny Him often because you're not filled with His Spirit. But then lastly, Peter says this, how can you avoid growing your faith? Add to your faith. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter says, for this very reason, apply all diligence. Add to your faith moral excellence and to your moral excellence knowledge and to your knowledge self-control, to your self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness Godliness, brotherly kindness, and add to your brotherly kindness, love. Why does he say, grow in your faith, add to your faith? For if these qualities are yours and increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord 
and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, if you are growing in the Lord and adding to your faith and seeking to be filled with His Spirit, fill me with your self-control, O Lord. Give me perseverance with others. Let me, be, let me be brotherly kind to others. Peter says you will be useful and fruitful as opposed to useless and fruitless. Because if you don't, Peter says, whoever lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. See, Peter doesn't say you're not saved. Peter doesn't say you lose your salvation. He says you've forgotten your former purification from your sins. That's what we need to see and recognize. Have you failed God? Have you denied Jesus? Have you gone at cross purposes to God? What He has for you? Listen. Spend time with Jesus. Seek to be filled with the Spirit. Grow in your faith. Peter says, you'll not stumble. And when you do, like the righteous man, you can stand back up and keep going. Maybe you're here without Christ today. Jesus Christ died for you. He rose again so that you can have life. And His promise is, if you call on Him, you can be saved. And our, our invitation this morning is, when we stand to sing, if you need Christ as your Savior, would you just come forward? Somebody here will, uh, will, will come alongside you. They'll pray with you so you can receive Christ. If you need Him, you come forward. Maybe while you're standing here, you've been, you've been saved, you, you've received Christ, but you say, you know what, I've denied the Lord. I've, I'm not walking <clears throat> in His purposes right now. What I'd like you to do is as we sing, you just sit in your seat. You pray and seek God's face. Ask God to help you to carry out the work that He wants you to. Instead of having wasted your life and wasting your life, you sit while we have this invitation time. If you need to be saved, you come forward. If you have a need to deal with the Lord because you've denied Him, because you've been not walking in His purposes, you sit and pray. So let's pray and ask God, Father, help us today. And Lord, I pray for whatever you're working in each one's life. Lord, if they need to deal with you personally, Lord, that you would work with them. Father, maybe it is that they've denied you. They need to turn back and say, Lord, I'm sorry, like Peter did after Jesus' resurrection. Or Lord, maybe someone's here without you. Might they come and call upon your name and receive you as Savior. Father, we pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. What are we going to sing, Sam? Before the throne of God. We're going to sing before the throne of God. Everyone stand, please. Everyone stand. If you need Christ as your Savior, would you come as we sing? Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love. 
Whoever lives and pleads for me, my name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart, I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart, no tongue can bid me thence depart. Before we sing that second verse, you need to take some time with the Lord. Sit down right where you are. Seek God's face and say, God, I want a desire to do your word, carry out your purpose. Take this time to seek his face. Sit right where you are. There's no place to kneel up here. And you sit and do, do business with the Lord as we sing on that next verse. When Satan tempts me to despair And tells me of the guilt within Upward I look and see him there Who made an end of all my sin Because the sinless Savior died My sinful soul is counted free For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me to look on him and pardon me thank you Sam you be seated for just a minute uh, MJ uh, Francis Mary Jane Francis is coming to join with us today um, and uh, so here's her testimony and she said uh, in 2017 I went to the Wilds of New England Christian Camp. Uh, it was Wednesday, July 23rd. I was sitting in the service at the camp and listening to the sermon. I got very convicted, starting crying in my seat because I knew that I was going to go to hell. After the service, there was an invitation. I went there with my camp counselor. She proceeded to show me verses from the scripture as how to receive salvation. And after that, she asked me if I wanted to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I said yes and prayed that God would save me. A few months later, I was baptized. I was going to church every week and doing devotion, all, devotions all the time. So that's MJ. And uh, for those who wish to receive MJ into the membership of the Plainville Baptist Church, say amen. Amen. And with that, uh, you can welcome MJ after this. Uh, do we need help taking down before we pray, closing, closing prayer? Is there help, Mark? I know you were... Doing that. Don't touch cords. Okay, come to see Sam.